Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the podcast is sponsored by Cox. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. 
Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Uh, this episode of The Fine Cock has been talking about... Um, Tottenham. Mississauga again. Mississauga. The Great Nottingham Forest. The Great Nottingham Forest. Um, VAR. You know, how it's going to affect our game or maybe not affect our game. Newport County away! Oh, yes. yes. Of course. It is. Mayhem coming to the streets of Newport. Absolutely fucking kind. Of What's happened since 2013? Uh, Vertonghen scored a goal and, 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 and fuck all else, based on what we just talked about. And we've got the correct windy update this week. Uh, we had it last week, so why, why is that's not an issue anymore. I'm going to keep so- saying that until, you know, until it's forgotten about. All right, okay, brilliant. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. What's a banger? Episode 34, season 7 of the Fight Club podcast. Welcome everybody. Ricky, TFC. <laughs> yeah, mate. Back once again like a renegade master. Yep. How's it going? Alright, just what? a bit, bit ill, but I'll be our battle through because I'm a fucking geezer. Of course you are. You and Flynn. How we doing? Evening. Author of... We are Sunday League. Indeed, indeed. Ewan, would you mind... Let me a little bit, that's it. Just so so and Felonius Filth. Hey! How's everything going? Good. Not in, Forest, <laughs> not in Forest 4, Arsenal, Arsenal 2. two. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Spurs played, you know, AFC Wimbledon, we'll talk about that. But, well, how good is that? I mean, this is not strike you as kind of they are where we were. 10 years ago, getting horrible results, maybe 15 years ago, getting horrible results against teams you should be beating and Arsenal kind of comfortably walking through the ties that they're, they're, they're supposed to be winning. Yeah. I, I, I watched it, I was watching it, I was like, 1-0, I was like, actually, to be fair, I found out the score was 1-0 and I was turned it on. And then... I say it should be done. And then they equalise and they come back straight away. I thought, oh, mate, this is superb. It's not going to last. I just enjoy this little moment. And as soon as Arsenal score, I'll turn on, free one up. I was like, oh, come on. And then they score on back. And you think, all right, that's that. They're coming back and they're going to win this now. And then to get that penalty and to score an unjust penalty as well, beautiful. Yeah. Magic of the FA Cup. I know. It's there. It's alive. It was like watching on teletext because I didn't watch any of it. But I just saw... I saw the scores on WhatsApp groups and on the live score app. Yeah. So just like watching the scores, going like, oh my god, yes, yes, yes. Do you ever have this thing when watching Arsenal is that you when you find out they're behind and then you turn on the screen yes. and they come back? It always happens yeah, to me. Yeah, hate that. The worst one was Hull at home. Uh, sorry, Hull in the final of the FA Cup. They were two 0 down. I didn't know the score <clears> and I turned it on. I think just as Ramsey scored the winner three two. That was grim. That was grim. I've, I've got a couple of uh, Guna mates and over the years it's kind of like been. It's always been well. You have to get your digs in where you can, and if they lo- if they lose a game, it's just like a one-off. So it didn't really bother them too much. Um, they'd be annoyed, but but they'd like crack on because they knew they were just going to tonk whoever whoever's next. Yeah. And uh, it's got to that stage now where they do keep on getting these results. And I just remember back in the day, like when uh, my mates would be texting me or WhatsApping me or whatever, and they'd be like, "Oh, like Spurs result," I'd be like, "Yeah, it's shit." And then they know that they'd be like. Defence was a bit suspect. They know I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, like yeah. who the fuck are you but to talk about dig- my team? No, but they're not digging they're doing, you out. Yeah, yeah, they're doing subtle digs, I know it. <laughs> so then it's my turn, and it's like this morning, first thing on WhatsApp, 
are you allowed to still mad? And they're like, no, we're not mad anymore because like we expect it. And I'd be like, I, I would be after that defending. <laughs> and they're like, it, it wasn't defending. I was just sitting back, just cracking my knuckles like, what's the next bit going to be, boys? <laughs> mom, mom. <laughs> and then they're probably sitting, you know, just about to drive to work or whatever, getting, you know, and, and there's just me just like picking, I'm picking the stitching from them. And it's just going to unravel, and they're probably going to end up punching their boss or something. Yeah, but, God, hopefully. Yeah, yeah exactly. Would you, would, you, would, you be, would you be happy if you'd known that you'd, you'd, you'd manipulated them into actually hitting their boss and getting flat? No, 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 no. They've got kids, man. So got, I don't want to go too far, but... Yeah. How, do you know? Know. How do you know where the line is, though? I don't know. It's like, like it, the moment of singularity where the AI takes over from everyone. To, you to don't know when it's crossed. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, to do, to do they stuff could be don't get caught. Right. Yeah, and then you'll be all right. Yeah, and we were talking in the pub before about Arsenal fans' general demeanour and how they talk about their boss and, and their football club as if you know they are they're deserving of more. I just thought how ridiculous it was. I mean, one one says like they they think they know better than Arsene Wenger. That's the thing. Like, Arsenal fans TV, yeah, they sit there and talk about it like they they know they, they could do a better job. Like they wouldn't fold within about half an hour of being in that <laughs> job. What, what, what do you think of him at the moment, Arsenal? Uh, do you the, take delight in it? I, delight, I, I don't know. I, I try not to sort of think about them too much. I'm sort of, you know, really, okay. focus more on the sort of Spurs being good angle. They consume me. <laughs> they consume me. But the, the Wenger fit, I just like it from like purely a football perspective. For what he's done for that club, for any fan to be asking for him to be sacked, I, I think is ridiculous. I think he's earned the right, like someone like Brian Clough, to like go when he's ready to go mm. so you see all this stuff on social media and you just feel embarrassed for them really you know the mm. lack of sort of loyalty I guess for a better word I, and I kind of hope you know bringing it on to sort of a Spurs perspective if Pochettino you know start, had a poor season that we wouldn't be sort of calling for his head oh, in the same we way would. we would and that's, yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's the modern football yeah. rather than and Arsenal that, yeah yeah and so, yeah, exactly. but they've got the vehicle and the platform yeah. for it to be such an Which obvious is thing kind of why I think not having like a Tottenham Hotspur TV that has that profile is probably a very good thing I mean there are people out there that want that <laughs> yeah. and they're trying but um, you know there, there are other fan channels that are Spurs related for one reason or another it hasn't worked at Spurs because I think our fan base is very different from ours you know it's not we don't want that exposure in, in the same way that Arsenal fans seem to not all Arsenal fans but a section mm-hmm. of them seem to gleefully sort of swallow um, anyway it was great it's, it's always good when you have a weekend where we win one and, and they lose one exactly so. um, I remember many years ago they would, it would very rarely happen it happens quite a lot now that we win and Arsenal lose and it's, it's a beautiful thing it is it absolutely is a beautiful thing uh, we played AFC Wimbledon in the <coughs> FA Cup um, they did alright they did I mean we it was a spirited performance from their, from their, I mean, they, yeah, they were giving everything to them. And was there any part in the, that 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 moment where the, the ball was laid back to one of their players? I can't know who it was, and and he curled it in, and Vaughan kind of made what in the first instance looked like a good fingertip save, but actually turned out to be uh, not not the greatest save on earth. But fingers, yeah, <laughs> but it worked. You know, hit the bar and came off the back of his head and, and came out. <laughs> um, anyone worried at any stage? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say worried, but. When you're playing a team like um, AFC Wimbledon, they've got a lot of um, a lot of media around them, and it's for, for AFC Wimbledon to go and knock uh, Tottenham out at Wembley. Um, you know, it's just a bit, it just 
the articles write themselves forever. Mm. Um, so there, it was a huge banana skin for us. Um, and after they got, you know, they they got that chance, and the amount of fans that they had there, and you know, it was at the, the national stadium, they they would have been well up for it. Um, but again, where they are in the league, and how we are, and how fit we are, and it was only a matter of time. Yeah, it, it was only a matter of time before the um, before they got tired. I have a question for you, actually. How do you feel about Wimbledon being from Milton Keynes? Do you, do you care about them? In any I way? get confused really because there was some lead up to it. Um, there was, there was some lead up to it, um, and they were saying about um, AFC Wimbledon and um, their previous FA Cup heroics, you know, against Liverpool <coughs> and stuff. But I swear, MK Dons have taken that title. I, I swear, <laughs> I swear they they have that in their honours. And I was like, well. Which Wimbledon do I? Which Wimbledon do I hate? And which Wimbledon? Do I, like, tell me what I should do, and I'll do it. Right? But uh, like, so I was just getting a bit confused. Like, we, I know, like they're going back to. I think they just got planning permission yeah. to go back to Plough Lane. Yeah. And, you know, everything's looking good for them. Um, and I, I do wish them well because what what happened to them and that their football club moving to to Milton Keynes, wherever it, 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 it fucking was, it, it was it's absolutely unthinkable. I, I don't know how. I don't know how it, it was allowed to happen. No, it's like franchising a football. It's awful. But I think maybe there was something done in the last year where MK have sort of given that title back to AFC Wimbledon now. So I think there's sort of been some sort of really. Yeah, that's good. Fucking hell! Yeah, I think that is right. I hope I haven't just made that up. So was any part of you as a, as a Spurs fan like forget? the footballing context and the romanticism of AFC and, and what's happened the, the, the relationship with MK Dons that when when Dele Alli came on oh started, I loved it I loved it fucking loved it sorry finish the question and, and they started <laughs> no it's cool it's in, when they started booing him what, what, what do you mean you loved it I loved it because he's such a heel yeah he <laughs> is in, in, a wrestling, in a wrestling plant he's just such a heel and he loves it so much um, they're booing and he's played a little bit longer on the ball <laughs> just at half a second too long he was spending the ball and then he nutmegged one of their players when they were booing him at the loudest I just I love how Daniel just reacts to the boos I, I thought it was a beautiful thing <laughs> I sort of admired their commitment to the cause like so you know he was only there for a blink of an eye and it's still that you know anything M, sort of MK Dons related it's forever tarnished for them and I, I remember hearing like when they played them I think on the scoreboard and in the programme they won't put the Dons bit so that's just right. they got King. fined for it as well yeah yeah <laughs> and, they, and then they did it again so they are just Totally committed to it, which is admirable. I think. Oh, what what drives them isn't about isn't it isn't a financial and, and, and commercial success. They have a football club that they believe in, and they're all behind. Mm-hmm. There's something that a lot of Premier League fans could learn a lot from from what they're doing and what they're going through, and 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 how they support their club. Yeah, I really do. I, I, it's not practical. It's not going to work in any long form if they ever get to the Premier League and they attract more fans. Things will change. It'd be like Animal Farm, wouldn't it? Yeah. We're walking on the hind legs. Yeah, they will. <laughs> Suddenly they'll have Sky Sports in their stadium. And, yeah. Because uh, the money that comes with it, and then you'll get a new owner comes in who doesn't give a shit about the history so much as they do the perfect profit. It's the, that's the whole problem with football. I mean, yeah. it's a microcosm of the issues in football. The fact they've got to League One and they've got to play Spurs, I forget Wembley because it doesn't really count. But the fact they've got to play a, a massive, one of the most famous football clubs in the world, 15 years after forming, despite all the adversity they've faced, it's like fair play. Yeah, completely. Yeah, um, actually, Foyth and uh, Carl Walker Peters got on. T. Um, 
I mean, Ford got skinned on on the wing. I've only seen the game once. I don't know who the bloke was, but um, that was probably one of the weaker moments in Ford's game. But I think as the game went on, he, he did improve. But the problem the problem with people like Ford have is that he doesn't get any continuity in the team as such. He's playing alongside another Eva Tongan is is the older statesman of the other side, and you know he's helping him out, but. It's difficult for him to really, to really get a run. It's difficult to really get a handle on, on, on what his ceiling is. Ewan, as a, as a man who's played centre-back and written a book about playing centre-back for a Sunday league team <laughs> for an entire season... It's the same thing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you see him for? It's, it's, it's hard early, early days right. for him. I think... What, what, before you answer that, what, what's the key attributes that a, <laughs> a, a centre-back needs in, in, in... Sunday league centre-back. Yeah, right. yeah. Go on. What, Sunday, Sunday league centre-back. League centre-back. <laughs> Get your nuts on it. Yeah, just talk. That's, that's about all you need to do. Really? Just run your mouth for 90 minutes, talk. Yeah, sound like you know what you're doing and then people sort of buy into it a little bit. But I think for him, exactly like T says, he's got a have some games really and you know I think coming in against these sides I, I get that idea that like you know it toughens players up playing against but that isn't the, the level of football he's going to be expected to play it's not against league one sides in that sort of mm. so it's very hard for him I think to to sort of make an impact because you know a striker you might come in and nick a goal or a creative but, but what, what is he going to be judged on like it, it, I think the vast the vast majority of Foyth's career if he stays at the top is to be able to play football uh, be able to play out from the back mm. if that's the way football is, will remain to be in the next 10 years and it may not it may change again but he looks comfortable on the ball um, he doesn't have the physicality he's lightweight he's very small yeah. I mean he just looks tiny mm. like, he, I've listed him at like 6 foot 2 but I'd be amazed if he's really? only 6 foot but it's the build though isn't it mm. it's like it's, like, yeah. it's like Carl, um, Carter Vickers Carter Vickers is, looks the right build but he's he, he's physically quite small you know in terms of his height um, but I, I think at a top club for a centre back you could get away with losing a little bit of weight if you can if you can play football uh, and who knows I mean we we, we, we staved off bids from PSV and uh, sorry uh, PSG and uh, I think Barcelona all, yeah, all, yeah, also yeah. Linked. it was quite a protracted um, transfer wasn't it yeah but I think you'll I think you'll it'll get better but the thing is, centre back, they don't really mature until they're like in their twenties, really. Anyway, so I don't think yesterday will be the marker for what his Spurs career will be. Mm. In, in Sunday League football, what what's your perfect captain? What attributes do you need as a captain? I think in Sunday League football, a captain probably has to be like committed more than anyone. He has to turn up every week <laughs> <laughs> and probably be the least hungover of the sort of. Does he also there. have to be someone who could be most likely to win in a fight? Well, I was captain of my team and I'm probably the least likely to win in that um, <laughs> And how did, how did you come about being captain in your Sunday league team? What did they I say? I think just sort of, you know, I was a reasonable player and I sort of am relatively friendly and can get on with people. Reliable. So that, I think that. And also I was the one who was willing to go around the pitch with a plastic bag before the game, sort of picking up the dog shit. So that, um, that always helps, you know. Oh people want to but then he's the opposite captain's hands. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> do you have to just do your own side? What if the other captain doesn't? Well, exactly. Do then you lose the toss, you swap round, and, and then you're just shitting. Then you're just sliding through. How prevalent so. was dog shit in? <laughs> very, very prevalent. Really, a huge part of the game. Are you worried about cuts and injuries and stuff and sliding through yeah, dog you shit? Put that out of your mind. It's all about the three points. Left. It's not about it's not about Alfred's safety. Lorente <laughs> uh, was particularly poor. How do we sum up his contributions so far? Was he particularly poor? Well, he was all right. Pony. Pony about pony. <laughs> he's walking away and he, 
Like full disclosure, we're the only one who actually saw it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, we can sp- we can speak about the, the games that he, that he's played. Because he, Bardi on the pod hates him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I hate him, but like, you know, for years we were potentially trying to sign him. Um, and if we would have got him back in his uh, glory days, then he would have been decent. But when the ball goes forward and he's running after it, he is running like a cart horse. It, like there is, no, it's like he's running in Injury the quicksand. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just like he, yeah. he can't. He, he's not got that pace. And we bought him to be um, a player that was a, a plan B. So like, just lob the ball up to him, and hopefully it will stick to him. But like sometimes, like when you're doing the plan B and then he gets it and he passes it to someone and then they knock it on for him to run onto it's like yeah it's just going back to the other position it's just going back to the other position but isn't anyone going to struggle as that secondary striker it's a striker's yeah. it's very rare you get a Solskjaer Defoe and because of their natural talent they can come on and change a game exactly I, I think you know kind of what are we hoping for in that in that player to get a really good one, I mean, maybe you get one who's young. Someone who's... with a pair of legs. Yeah, so... <laughs> but he's, um... Yeah, I mean, like, but with the pedigree and stuff like that, for you know, he's a World Cup winner, isn't he? Did he win yeah, yes. he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um... <laughs> <laughs> he was pony yesterday. Right. Yeah. He, he was... The thing was, is that, um... He was in the spaces that Kane would normally occupy, and, um... I think once he came off, we could just see a change in how he came. That you know, he just knew the spaces where to be and where to finish stuff right. off. And was you surprised at the formation that Pochettino came out with? Well, two up front. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's four-one-three-two, which is essentially five forwards, which is what you'd want from yeah. a um, from a game against uh, Wimbledon. But we still didn't quite tear them to pieces as you'd hope you would. How much would you think? How much of uh, what are the difficulties in in, um, in breaking teams down and whatnot? How, how much criticism should lay at Pochettino's door there? I don't think there's anything to be critical of. Really, we're through to the next round. You know, we haven't sort of ex- sort of flogged any of the players particularly. Like it's job done. I think. Speaking of which, do you know who we've got in the next round? Well, it's obviously not us. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Newport County. Oh wow, home away. I think they, oh, they beat... Um... Banana skin all over the place. They beat <laughs> yeah. Leeds. Yeah. Uh, yeah, banana skin all over the place. Um, yeah, them, them tickets are like gold. So what, what I still love <laughs> about Spurs and our away support is you for small games away, you can't get tickets for love nor money. No. Like, how, What are we going to get there? 400? The ground house, 7,850. Our allocation is 1,100. All right, so one in, one in seven people in there will be Spurs fans. Be more probably, but yeah, they'll, they'll set out there. Yeah, but it'd be oh, Spurs yeah. ones in the home end, wouldn't it? Take it all over. I think eight thousand Spurs in the ground. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, man. New, Newport's in in Wales, isn't it? It is, yeah. You're, you're Welsh background, aren't you? Scottish, Scottish. Scottish yeah. They beat. Um, we we'll go, go over there, slap a few taffies around, <laughs> and uh, take over their ground. What? They beat Leeds in the last round. That was a bit it's of a giant. Right, it's not racist if it's Welsh. It, you can't, <laughs> it can't be offensive to Welsh people. Just don't say anything worse than that. <laughs> What? <laughs> ben Flash says what? It looks as with the eye. What thing? No, nothing. Great header in that game as well, the Newport game. Towering <laughs> header. Oh, uh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, to be fair, did, did you want a lower league club away in the next round? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Game? Fuck no. it, yeah. What? No. No. Nah. What would you go Stoke at home, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, anyone. Uh, anyone no, Stoke went out as well, didn't they? They did. Um, yeah, a plum tie would, be, would have been 
like a commentary at home, something like that, just walk over and. But that, but for fans going away, Newport probably I don't think Spurs have probably ever drawn Newport. No, ever. it's interesting. It's much yeah. more interesting and, than. And for most most yeah. member, yeah, most yeah. Game, most fans who, who want to tick these grounds off their list, yeah. this is a great opportunity for them. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I mean, despite not going to a huge amount of games this season, I'm losing interest a little bit in watching live football, but. Um, there's a romanticism despite all the money that's in the game going yeah. to a little ground like Newport County I don't know the name of their ground well I hope they, I hope they let them kick the proceeds I think yesterday we let AFC Wimbledon kick the proceeds fuck that fuck that and fuck Newport as well like this is our money can you imagine what it's like <laughs> <laughs> smash them fans. can you imagine if they draw to get a replay yeah, yeah. imagine what it's like for their fans though like they, they first of all they draw Leeds United and they they were probably thinking this is fucking unbelievable. Then they knock out Leeds United and then they draw Tottenham at home. They must be like. And it is it does strike you as a game that's going to be difficult. Like my immediate reaction to playing Newport, which jokes about Taffy's and all that shit aside, genuinely going to be a, a difficult game. I think I don't know why I couldn't tell you a single one of their players, but it just strikes you as like one of FA, a beautiful FA Cup draw. John Aldridge played for them once. There you go. I mean, that, that happened. Then and I know, think they, I anything think, can happen. I think they um, played in. Uh, I don't know if you went for cup back in the late seventies. Had a bit of a cup run in that. Shit. That's all I know about Newport. Harry Davies on Facebook says, "What are the biggest challenge, uh, changes that have happened in your lives since Jan Vertonghen last scored in 2013? Football related or not? What was it? Who did he score against? Does anyone remember? It was in the Euro- it was a European game, I think. Yeah, it was in yeah. October. But yeah, the opposition." Um, this is quite loads as well. Yeah, Jesus, quite a lot's changed in my life. I changed jobs, got a job at Ball Street. I uh, split up for my last girlfriend. I got a new girlfriend. Um, Do you love her? I love her so much. You've never mentioned that. Love her so much, really. mate. It's disgusting. It is it? disgusting. Is it? Or is you're not, you're not, not a fucking nah, bloke anymore, mate. Yeah, well, fine. I was a bloke beforehand. The fucking state of you, a bloody bloke. Fucking state of you. No, I'm, fi- I'm fine to get a grow a beard. Not a man fat. anymore. Well, I am a man. I am a man. Just a very <laughs> soft, lovely, cuddly man. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, um, what yeah. changes have happened since then? Um, well, obviously, me having a child. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, when, uh, when was Emily? Sorry. When, when was <laughs> uh, second child for me is um, I didn't have my second child then. Um, I bought she, a house. I second child changed, offered changed, some different challenges. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell, man. That, that crazy girl. <laughs> like, I had to watch my words. What's though. she up to now? What's she up to? What's she been, what's she been doing the last couple of weeks? I just put, I just ignore it now. Really? Yeah, just ignore it. She's just, uh, she'll just come in to me and be like, uh, Dad, and I'll be like, yes. And she'll be like, I didn't cut my hair with the scissors. All oh, right, so you've cut your hair with the scissors. <laughs> or like, she'll just no, tell she me. I, what, I, I yeah, yeah. She, she just tell, tells me straight away. And she just doesn't understand what, what she's actually doing. But uh, yeah, so there, I'd say second child, I would say a new job and buying a house. So that's quite a lot. Do you think that in, in 2013, that, what kit was that? It was the Under Armour with the grey grey ones, yeah. Sure. Might have been that one, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? That? It, yeah. it seems. Davy B, yeah. It's, was it? Yes. Wow. AVB's second year. And just goes to show, like, four years in football, how much things can change. Yeah, because oh, a couple yeah. of months after... Like Gareth, that was Gareth Bell's standout. No, he'd left that summer. Oh, really? Okay. So it was the one after that. Well, um... <laughs> no. No, oh, no, no. Look at the agenda. Yeah, <laughs> 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 um, yeah it's, it's, imagine, it's amazing how quickly shit can change in football. 
like four years seems like an absolute lifetime. Well, when you when you actually say that um, Potts took over from Sherwood, that's exactly what he did, and you just think what? But <coughs> well, that's, that's that's what the fuck happened. I went, I went, and this is why I've got so much time. Pochettino is I went from absolutely complete apathy in what Sherwood was doing to any, like just suddenly feeling like I belonged again. Like, yeah. like everyone was pulling in the right direction. It's incredible what he's done in it, you know, mm-hmm. Pochettino. Right, amazing. Yeah. We just love so many players now. Um, I mean, there was a time when we loved one or two of them, but now we love almost... I mean, don't know if we necessarily have the starting 11, but I'd say at least eight of the 11 are, on some degree, loved by, by most fans. Sissoko? <laughs> we can't talk about him anymore. We've been banned. But I think like the point you made in the pub before, too, is with Sissoko... Like in previous incarnations of the team we've supported over the years, he'd be one of our better players. Whereas now he's kind of been scapegoated as this awful player, which he's not. I'm not sure if he would have been one of our better players. I yeah. think there's, you know, the, the thing was is that when we weren't so good, teams set up differently against us. Mm. So yesterday, for example, he got in behind Wimbledon. And I was, it's a League One. It's a League One team. <laughs> but I'm saying these days now, the way teams set up, the way teams set up against us now, it's not a player like him is obsolete in our in our side now. Yeah. But I love him. And, um, Obsolete. Do you think that's strong? Well, there's no need for for someone as basic as him. Basic do you, do you think that was strong? Basic. I, like, I, you know, I'd happily see him moved on and improved on, but I don't think he's terrible. I mean, you know, I just happened to, over Christmas, you watch a lot of rubbish on TV and you flick through and I remember, and, you know, I'm sure he's a lovely bloke, but Johnny Jackson getting regular football in our midfield, who wasn't of that standard, you know. Other terrible, players yeah. like... You know, Gus Poyet, like right at the end, just awful, yeah. awful players. Yeah. So I think we we have got to remember that. Yeah, yeah, just no sort of legs. Yeah, yeah. So Simovich. we've come a long way, a long, long way. Tosako's fucking pony. <laughs> fucking get rid. Hope we never sell him. <clears throat> there is one of these things that I, I don't want to go into. Uh, I, I don't want to go deep on this, but um, well, he didn't actually cost us thirty million. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> What, instalments? Sometimes <laughs> um, in 30 million we haven't paid 30 million. That's all I'm saying. When people talk about Poch, they always say, um, they're, they're, they're some of the uh, naysayers, and they, they say, well, what's, what's he actually done, though? But How many trophies has he won? What, what has he actually won? Um, and I, I, can, I can always, like, you know, I, it, that, that is your opinion, saying that. And uh, I'm not a happy clapper for, for Poch, um, but and I know people get annoyed saying, "Oh, you, you're not allowed to say, oh, when we played football in the '90s and comparing it now." But I, I grew up watching Tottenham and expecting us to crumble at every fucking bit of pressure. Mm. I expected us to come out of shape when uh, when someone attacked us down the left, like mm. fucking Paborski or some dick like that. I remember so many things about Tottenham that it was just you do just get nonplussed about stuff but when it happens. It's just like. This is Tottenham. It's what I'm used to. And then, throughout these seasons now, when when we're losing and the, and then we come back, it's kind of like at the time, like in our WhatsApp group, and I'm just like, uh, and I knee jerk, and then uh, uh, T takes a piss at me. But really, I, I know that I have this feeling that we'll pull it back, that that we will win. It's a new normal. Well, it, it is, and. I could never imagine that for Spurs. Like, I'm not finishing second and third. I mean, yeah, yeah, we haven't we haven't won a trophy, but I would never dream in a million years watching Tottenham that we'd finish second, third, and we'd be playing with that mentality and have that togetherness. I don't know. I just especially uh, in 2013. 
Yeah. If, I mean, when, he, when he took the job in, in 2014, you would have thought we'd be a second and third and be angry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, he's not perfect. Some of the subs and blah, 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 blah. But um, it is... It's an ab- completely different Tottenham well, from, from with, what I've grown up with. To. With the subs thing, is that like, I get? It's like oh, he, he takes too long to take a sub. But what, in your experience or education, qualifies you to know that when Spurs need to make a sub better than Pochettino? I ain't got a fucking clue, mate. Exactly. You can say that about anything, then. No, no I, I couldn't say that about anything. I can say it about this specific thing. Oh, but, what, oh one actually uh, was it uh, Sanchez against Swansea? He's subbed in the right time. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. So the subs, right. That's the only time I could guess that because he because uh, he's my, my point, away from a red my, card. My point is, is that I don't remember us ever getting absolutely smashed to pieces <laughs> under Poch and him thinking and just sitting there and waiting for some sort of disaster to happen. People say, "Oh, let's make a change because we haven't scored a goal." Mm. Like against West Ham, he didn't change it to like the seventieth minute, but we were on top the entire time. In fairness, they were stripped and ready to come on as the shot went in. So hey. he didn't hit when Obiang shot went in. Yeah. So when Yam and Lemina were twenty to come on when that, when they, when they scored that goal. So but I don't think that okay, Poch has forgotten more than what we know, but it doesn't make him exempt from criticism. And do I know more than him about making subs? No, but do I think it's a valid criticism? Yes, because it's just um, it's just it's just a, it's just a view. It, I mean, I'm just a bloke in the pub speaking my yeah. Speaking it's a valid voice. criticism because we don't know any better. I mean, it, what, what what happens if the game isn't if, if the scoreline isn't right? Let's make a substitute. That wasn't. I think it's a bit more than that. Is it though? Because course, I, I don't. I'm not, I'm not sure actual fans. Poch was having. Poch was. So Sissoko was having a really really bad game. It was, was horrendous. One of the worst games he's ever had for us. And. We weren't making any inroads, and he should have made that sub, in my opinion. I think at half time it was we can kind of tell. Look, maybe we need to make a sub at some point. And I was, what you normally do, give it ten minutes, fifty-five minutes to an hour, see what happens. Nothing changed in in those in the intervening time between half time and when the Obiang goal went in. I think so. Things did change. I think we had thirty-one chances. Yeah, but they weren't clean chances. No, but they were never going to be because eight, eight players behind the ball. Yeah, but they, the chances got better when Lamella and Manyama came. But when they came on, we were already a goal down, so they had something to defend. I think with the subs as well, like part of maybe the issue is we haven't necessarily got players who can come off the bench and make like an instant impact. Like someone like Defoe was always good off the bench because he'd come on, he'd be direct, he'd beat someone and shoot. And I think Son sometimes has been on the bench and been able to do that. But Son's playing so well, he has to start. Yeah. And then beyond that, we haven't really got anyone particularly dynamic who can come on and just do that Lamella is more like he'll sort of flit and maybe play a good through ball here and there but he's not going to suddenly burst past someone yeah. and bang, bang a shot so I think we maybe do lack something like that off the bench and that means what subs can you necessarily but he got it right against Leicester for example because Lamella comes on does a yeah. sub does a assist for, for Harry Kane yeah. um, in terms of criticising a manager or a footballer they're both infinitely better at what they do than what, um, at what I do and in life, in life generally. But I don't think we can get to a point where we can't say, well, we can't criticise Poch for stuff because he's an amazing manager. Well, I think I just think West Ham's game is just a microcosm of the criticisms about that. My, my point less was that we can't criticise him and more that, that it's just such an easy thing for a football fan to say, you need to make a sub because there's no comeuppance on any decision. But they were warming up for a long, long time. I mean, I, 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 I've got the benefit of being at the game and seeing the players warming up. They were warming up for ages. I didn't use sub as an like, example. 
No, but it's, it's, it's the one. It's the, it's the key. It's the key. The key argument against Poch at the moment is that he doesn't make the subs at the right time. But yeah, but I think the stats kind of back that up to a degree. I know, I know stats is a dirty word in some football circles, but you know. I, and, and but then also, I mean, it's, it's nuanced because what you and said is right. We don't have the subs to. If we could clone Son, we'd be the perfect team. <laughs> I keep saying it. If we, if we had another Son in our team, someone who's got trickery and pace and get behind players. Be perfect, but but alas, we don't. And the subs have on our bench are generally people who are just the same as what's on the pitch. All right, now we got Windy. Yeah, Windy, about to drop the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I got your back. Hi, this is Windy, back with the weekly youth updates. Looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with the loanees, Connor Ogilvie's loan at Gillingham is apparently due to be extended for the rest of the season. Not quite sure why, because he's been on the bench a bit recently, but um, yeah, we'll see how that goes for him. Tom Glover wasn't involved for Central Coast Mariners this week. Josh Unwell was involved for Villa, though. He played wide right, I gather, in Villa's 3-1 home defeat to Peterborough. Their fans really are not enjoying his performances at the moment and don't think he's worthy of a starting place. Once again, I mean, I've said it over and over, he's playing in a team unsuited to him and in a position that is not his position. It sounds like I'm making excuses for him, and in a sense I am, but um, it's just a bad low move, that one. I'm hoping we'll recall him. And Cameron Carter-Vickers played in Sheffield United's 1-0 Cup win at Ipswich. He's back in their team full-time now and seems to be doing a lot better. Moving on to the youth teams, the under-18s went from 3-0 up to drawing 4 all with Leicester on Saturday morning. We'd gone into a 3-0 lead with goals from Dylan Markande and Rodell Richards, as well as an own goal. Phoenix Patterson later made it 4-2, but uh, a couple of late goals from Leicester after we took our foot off the pedal in the last 15 minutes kind of ruined the day. And Scott Parker said, On the scale of things, we'd have liked to have put the game to bed. We played some lovely stuff in the first half, had some good chances, went 3-0 up, but then let them get into the game at 3-2, which was sloppy on our behalf. He also said, uh, early on we played at a real pace and a real tempo and the wide players, Dylan Markande, Ryan Clark, Rodell Richards and Phoenix Patterson all caused them some serious problems. The under-18s will host Liverpool in the quarterfinals of the inaugural under-18 Premier League Cup on Wednesday. It's coming Wednesday at 11am at Hotspur Way. And the under-23s played this week also. They are 6-1 to Leicester in the Premier League 2. Keena Bennett's actually opened the scoring with a really decent goal before Leicester equalised. George Marsh then got two quick bookings and they scored to make it 2-1 after that. And then Oliver Skip was sent off for basically slipping into a challenge. It was definitely not a red card, but being down to nine men made things really difficult and Leicester scored four more. It was a pretty poor performance from our players. The team was a mess. Lots of players seemed to be going backwards under 23 level and... um, I'm quite concerned about the link currently between our academy and the first team, um, basically since Sherwood left. Speaking of which, Kyle Walker-Peters was involved in the FA Cup match and he said to the official site after the game, these cup ties are an opportunity for us as young players to showcase our abilities and try to take our chances. Obviously, it's a big tournament, but as well as that, I look at it as an opportunity to try to prove myself to the gaffer, my colleagues and to the fans. 
I mean, that says it all, really. And we've got to be giving more chances to young players. Surely, surely, surely in that game, you can have a couple of youngsters on the bench to bring on. Instead, we brought on Deli Ali and Nkudu once we were ahead, clearly. Um, yeah, I just can't see the logic there. Anyway, um, before I sign off, I just want to send a quick message to Dan Kilpatrick. I don't know if you listen to the Tottenham Way podcast, but uh, Dan referenced me on the on the podcast. We've been having a bit of a, a tete-a-tete on Twitter about Fernando Llorente and the impact he had in the Wimbledon game. I, th- I thought Llorente had a poor match. Um, thought his effort levels were poor. His touch deserted him a lot of the time. He did, he did, in fairness, create a couple of chances or half chances for Kane and Lamella with uh, some hold-up play with his back-to-goal. But generally, I thought he was sluggish and uh, immobile. I was disappointed. And, and Dan... Dan took to his podcast to um, to say that we were both right and that he'd had a in one sense he'd had a good first half and a poor second. I mean, I just wanted to say to Dan. Firstly, I, I do like this new method of communication by from podcast to podcast, and I, I welcome anyone who wants to set up a podcast to communicate with with friends. And um, yeah, I'll say hi, Dan. Hope you're well, mate. Um, hope the family's well, particularly your mum. But also, I mean, if it came down to it, if this was a car accident, the the insurance companies would definitely not find this as a 50-50 equal fault. Your insurance company would, would be paying for my car to be fixed. Urente was a, well, he was a car crash, if we're going to keep the metaphor going. So I was definitely more than 50% right. I'd say more like 75%. Anyway, that's it for this week. If you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Common New Spurs. Second half of the Fighting Cop podcast. Thank you very much, Windy, once again. I won't pull on my vape again this half, I Good. promise. Do you not like it? a cigarette. Yeah. Why are you vaping and smoking? It's uh, basically the, really bad for you. Because the vape, what? Doing both. Is it? Yeah. I think it's all bad for you, isn't it, really? Yeah, I know. Pretty I mean, you're, much, not, you're not until a winner if you're doing either, really. No. Trying to fix myself up, really. one little step at a time. Um, yeah, thanks, Wendy. Uh, Newport away, good news. I think could be a thanks, Wendy. Plum tie. Um, <coughs> um, if VAR was implemented in the Premier League, um, Sun's goal against West Ham could have been disallowed because the challenge before is debatable. For the people out there, VAR. Yeah, video action replay. There so it's been go. trialed in the game between Arsenal and West, uh, Chelsea for the first time and. <coughs> As I know it, it's uh, an opportunity for referees to get very quick feedback through a panel that's sitting in an office somewhere in the stadium. We're watching this game back, <coughs> or a game back at any time <coughs> to um, to kind of help the referee if he's made a glaring omission in his ability to referee a game. Yeah. What does anyone have any concerns at you? And how, how do you feel about it? Is it any feelings about it? I think until we kind of see how it's going to work, like, <coughs> they. Regularly, it's hard to like. I, I share some of the concerns about like how's it going to affect like the flow of the game. How far do you take decisions back? So like, yeah, Son's one, or you know, was there a throw in further on that was a foul? All that stuff that like you don't want football to become like a sort of real stop start. Yeah. And part of the fun is you know controversy, but I think also some of the decisions VAR is not going to solve all these things. You know, I, I think in the Arsenal game yesterday, you watched some of the the penalty either way you can watch it 10 times and still not be sure so yeah it just seems I think the key point is it does seem strange that like everyone watching at home everyone in the stadium has more ability to 
get to the right decision than the man in the middle who's actually got to make the decision. That There's a disparity there that yeah. can't be right. So I think, you know, probably it is the right way to go, but it has to be done right. Apparently, I read an article on The Independent by Miguel Delaney. Yeah. Uh, he... he the, the, the statistic is that referees get 96% of um, decisions correct um, and that VAR will help improve that accuracy to 98%, um, which means that there is still a margin for error or that things like 50-50 challenges won't go down to VAR. It'll be a case that the referee's given that benefit of the doubt if there is any at all. Um, I think it's things like goals, the, but even then, they, I thought there, there was some sort of vibrator on the. Uh, that's what a goal line. That's that's already there. Goal line technology. Okay. I think they just said it's for black and white decisions. Um, I love the way you smirked and you said vibrator. <laughs> I'm thirty six years old. I'm thirty six years old. <laughs> no, like but, more, um, more, more of it. I mean, I, I mean, I read the same article as you did in the Independent, and um, but there's other sports like cricket where they brought it in. And it was just in for some decisions, and I think it's kind of like going more and more and more. So slower, it's, it's though. Like much the, slower again. Yeah, because it's stopping. It's like the thin. Pauses, yeah. It's like the thin end of the wedge. So right now it's going to be, I think, four decisions. I think it'll be for taking identity. Um, yeah, that was one of them. You mentioned the Son goal. That wouldn't have been pulled back. No, that's true. What they're going to that's do true. Now. And that was one of my major worries. Yeah. That as, as a fan watching the game the screamer goes in, and you're celebrating wildly because you think you've gone one up against Arsenal, and then. Like a minute later, it's been disallowed. That that can't happen, and I don't think I think the people that are bringing this in and the referees have said that you know that that can't happen. It's about letting the game flow. It's just I I it's what you said, you and until you see it, you can't make any judgments. But just the the trials in the Italian yeah, in Italian yeah, football, yeah. The, the, it was international. It might or it might have been I can't remember what it was, but it involved the Italian team. And I it, think they've got it in Serie A this season. Right. They? But yeah. they might have it to a further degree than we do. I think, yeah. I think we've got it to a very small degree. Mm. And it's been used tonight in the yeah, Palace right. game and um, for the Arsenal semi. I, I, think, I think I just don't want... I'd rather it, the game continue as it is right now if if it meant in any way that the drama of, of, of what makes our game so great and football such an amazing sport that it creates these moments of discussion. Like... That goal against Arsenal, the the, the um, I keep saying Charlton, uh, the Forest player scored where it hit both his feet and went in. I mean, yeah. the the rules of the game said that he should retake that. Um, I don't I don't see the real see the value in in the whole package of what football is to just getting a correct decision. I, the football ultimately the best teams win leagues. Yeah, but so we'd have, it, got, we'd have got Champions League if um, those things existed because of the Pedro Mendes goal. So you've got to look at it from, from that point of view too. Yeah. I mean, I, I That's think not that... change the course of our football club. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess people view it as in it's going to change the game as we know it, you know, we'll have no conversations down the public, there'll be no mistakes, there'll be no talking points. But um, I think at the highest level of football, you do need to get your decisions right. And um, it's one of those things you have to like, you know, lube up and accept it. It's inevitably going to happen. Shit, man. Sure. Lube up and accept. Well, how do you feel about it, Rich? You haven't really said. Um, I have uh, when like the Mendes goal and stuff like that. Um, at the time, obviously, looking back at the replays, how did the ref not see it? How did the linesman not see it? Blah 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 blah. 
and you're in turmoil with yourself, but when it's someone else, it is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the forest penalty. Um, and I'm, I'm not worried that it will take that fun part out of it. But you have like these um, narratives against other football teams and oh, you only beat us because blah, 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 got sent off and this happened and that happened. And that makes that kind of story um, even more strong and it changes down the years of who played who, uh, how they played each other and stuff like that. And I, lo- I love that, uh, that, that uh, romanticism of how uh, events happened and whether or not that did happen or whether or not if he'd have taken the throw in further back when he fucking crept along the line and he'd done it on purpose. I love that stuff. But so I don't know how much is going to interfere with, um, like you were saying, about 50-50s and mm. stuff like that. I don't think it will with that. If, they it, if it's it like, you know, virtually stop starting everything, then that would be a disaster. Oh, I, don't I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think it would be that. No, no, it, yeah, no one's suggesting that. Yeah. Like the, the, the referees and people that are the kind of implementing it want the game to flow as it should. So it'd be stuff like the penalty, like yesterday, that they're like... I mean, like for that penalty yesterday, would they um, would that be seen as he he's taking it and it's a, like a foul penalty? No, what, yeah. What would happen is that people in the room Arsenal. would have buzzed down to the ref and said that was a that was a, um, a foul a foul twice, yeah. foul penalty. I don't yeah. know what the terminology yeah. would be, but yeah, he, the, he has to retake it, and that would take literally seconds. The ref would go, "All right, blow the whistle." And that, in that instance, it's perfect. I yeah. think. Um, I mean, one of the good the good aspects of one of the the, the four things that they would contest was um, simulation was one of them and diving is one of the things that, that does wind me up it winds me up with my players is that doing. one of them? yeah how can they prove that? so I'll watch it back but the thing is it, it's, it, and then look at it and see what he's saying. what I'm saying is that you can't always tell though because sometimes you've got to watch things three, four times to see if it's a dive and there's, they can and then they pull it back and then you go alright fuck Flappy, it you dive send him off it's still someone's view isn't it? Like what, it's to it, what is intent to to, to yeah, deceive the Yeah, someone's got to make a decision. Because, right. for example, the um, if there's absolutely no contact and they go down, then that's then clear. clear. But there, you know, still things are. It's still you know a person viewing it on the TV has still got to make a decision. Is that a dive or not? The, so it's never going to be some players, some players invite contact, mm. and that's still a penalty technically. Well, so these people who know and understand the rules better than we do, would, yeah. you, you trust that they they can do it? And and some and a ref. It's so hard for a ref like like that. Jack Wilshere should have probably been sent off for the for that dive against Liverpool. Uh, no, sorry, not Liverpool. Uh, Chelsea, Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea. But when you looked at it, it looked like a foul had been committed, or the defender had touched it. But isn't that, that's subjective, though. The dive. It was. I, I mean, I think simulation. No, like he, he invited, like he invited the touch. I think simulation, touch. like getting a slap in the face when you've had a slap in your chest and you're rolling over. I get that, but diving for a penalty, I think it's difficult because. They do it so well now, and the game's so quick that you need three or four reapers to realise what the player has done. And then, and they will have that. But in, in, I think you're right, though, in that it's much more difficult to decide whether or not a player is just you know attempted to, to deceive the referee. But there, there have been penalties in the past, like Zakora's against Birmingham, where yeah, Portsmouth. no Portsmouth, yeah. where the guy was a foot away from you, didn't even. That was bad. That was bad. I mean, that since you're like. Fucking send the cunt off. I think right? I think for I think to get people sent off, that's where I'd have it. Mm. So when a player was like been hitting a like Rivaldo against Turkey when oh, he yeah, yeah, clutched yeah. his face, stuff like that, I'd have VAR for dives for penalties. I'm not. I'm. I'm really not sure. I think. I think it's a case of um, hopefully they don't get too involved in the no. game. They don't. They don't feel like their their role is to manipulate the game, but just simply to. 
show where something is so clearly blatant miscarriages of justice yeah. is like that's yeah. the thing but I, I think like Rick said one of the best things in football is when you win when you don't really deserve to and you, just, you know you've got away with one yeah. and you don't want to lose that from the game no, that's a magic all. it's horrible when you're on the wrong end of it yeah. but somewhere down the line you get there you get we, are, we are moving to a point where the game is going to become more sanitised because this is another step in that direction whether or not it's benefit of the game in the first instance like tackling has become an art form because it's so easy to commit a foul and players are so much more skillful now but I think most people would argue the fact that the game is less physical means it's less exciting for a spectator and that's ultimately what footballs are about is well I mean, I mean you look at you watch a game from the from the mid 80s and the quality of football is fucking shit yeah. but it's an exciting game because it's because the quality is not there yeah. now you've got really real proper athletes who are playing the game perfectly on bowling green pitches so um I guess you know you kind of give a one and take with the other so, so I, I, one of the things that I definitely wanted want VAR to be implemented in is when a player rolls around screaming and then moves freely as if he hasn't been touched like 30 Suarez seconds Suarez did that yeah, yeah Suarez I mean all, all, lots of players do it you, you see it in most games there's someone who go screaming holding their ankle ah my god I, I, my leg's broken and then suddenly yeah. they're fit as a VAR I was like hold on a minute you a minute ago you were screaming and rolling, now you're running around. So what's the offence of that? Red card. card. No, red card, straight red. Red card, fucking Straight red, no. <laughs> for being a fucking twat. I think they should like, bring in different rules. Like, and, and, and the rest of the game you've got to play with one boot on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Or take a shin pad off or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Really fucking Or, or shit, without shorts. <laughs> <laughs> no, no shorts. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah, right. No, you kind of you can't you can take your shorts off. I want your shorts. And the ref just tucks them in his own shorts so they're hanging out in the back. Just as a reminder. Yeah, yeah, he wears the shorts. It's a, it's a badge of honour. Yeah. Because of his Akin Fenwa, just like, I've it off him. <laughs> Amazing. Um, J- Javed Mo Vahadi, he says, uh, will we see the 1882 in some guys revived in the new stadium or maybe at some youth games? Um... I mean, the reason, part of the reason why it died a death is that Spurs became really, really good and all of our European games were, were sold out, so there was no opportunity to do it at first-team games. I feel like I'm repeating myself, to be honest, but uh, youth games, no-one's interested anymore. No one, very few people turn up. And they're all in Stevenage. And they're all in Stevenage. Uh, so no to both of those things. Um, in the new stadium, if there is... If, if, the, if the atmosphere is dire, as it has been at Wembley, but you expect that and there's ample room to buy tickets, then who knows? Maybe we will do it. Because yesterday, yesterday sold out, but there are loads of kids. So um, 1882 yesterday couldn't really have worked as such. Um, it's, it's I mean, a- the situation I was in was that I sat in my seat, you know, and I was surrounded by families and, you know, fair play. I mean, they've got to start somewhere. But I just ended up moving next to a mate, you know, sat in another block and just, and just sat with him. Um, so we couldn't have had 1882 yesterday, for example, because that sold out. Spurs are a different football club from when we first had that idea to do the 1882 movement. They were a different football club. Um, we're, we're bigger. We've got much more exciting um, things going on on the pitch. There's much more interest in there. Wembley this season's an anomaly. Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to it. I don't. I don't think at this stage next season if, if you know White Hart Lane last year did not need 1882 no. it was fucking rocking most of the time great place to be great way to watch your football club and our, and our home stadium as we all imagined and dreamed it it should be um, we don't need it unless shit goes 
horribly yeah, wrong. Mm. Yeah, so you know, just enjoy going and watch football, but, but don't, you know, don't think that um, what's happened at Wembley is means that Spurs fan base is now completely apathetic to what's going on, uh, the, or, or, or to to what the, the, the kind of football club that they belong to. Let's just see what happens to, for next season, and then in twenty four months we might talk about eighteen eighty two movement. But now it's all about the football club and where we're going to be next season, how well we do when we go to the new White Hart Lane. Providing we do end up playing there next season, hopefully we do, because it's going to be a bit of a weird conversation between us and Chelsea, isn't it? Because Chelsea want to take over Wembley for four years. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what they've got, yeah. <laughs> four years? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, we're, we're counting down the... How many games left is there? Oh, I don't know. Like 15? I'm ca- I, I can't wait to leave there. I know, everyone feels the same. How, you and how do you feel about Wembley at the moment? I, it's good that, like we've actually started to win games there and I think that was you know has been fairly decent really fairly good decent, yeah. yeah so I well, think we lost one league game yeah yep. and that you know that so that's that was the main thing for me it's just it, hopefully it is just one season it sounds like it is just going to be one season get it done and yeah play our football and we're, we're really in the mix still for to, to finish you know I'm saying I still think we can potentially finish second and if we do that yeah we were saying that before in the pub yeah. you, you look at it and we're, we're six points behind second which doesn't sound like a lot, but at the top end of the table, and certainly the way the football going this season, where the best teams beat the, the lesser teams in the league, it's that, that's kind of the way it's been. Um, we're only six points behind Man United. Man United seem they don't they're not happy with things that they are had going a shit on. Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had a bad Christmas. Arsenal a couple of points behind us. Um, Liverpool, I think, are probably our biggest threats. I think that Burnley win is something that's going to really. That game will be remembered for a long time if Liverpool were to finish above us. Yeah, and they, they may well do, but then they've got the advantage of being able to play at Anfield every week, yeah. every other week, uh, and we haven't got any home games at all, but, you know, we'll see. What about you, Rick? Uh, I loathe Wembley, absolutely loathe it. Mm. I've hardly gone to any games this season. I don't even bother trying to sell my ticket. I don't even bother doing anything. Just don't turn up. How much... <laughs> Fuck it. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a bit like that. I, I, I feel like I can't. My business is like, yeah, but you paid eight hundred pound for your season ticket. I'm just, like, I don't care. That's how, that's how unfazed I am with Wembley. I, I just, it's there's no, there's nowhere. Uh, I know it's never going to be like Wild Lane, but like when you literally you finish your pint in the Bell or yeah, uh, wherever it is that you drink at Antwerp or whatever. As soon as you put the pint on the table and you have a quick uh, shifty down the road. Like ten minutes and you're in your seat. Like Wembley, you're like at least twenty minutes away from getting to the stadium from where you've been drinking, let alone queuing up. And then you get in there and it's just like, like the stadium is like vast, man. It's just fucking horrible. Yeah. And like looking around, it's just oh man, I hate it so much. Do you not hate it so much? Do you not understand what it, why it's so insipid when you go to England games? Like it's the exact same feeling. It's yeah. Just, it's it, the same. Like in terms of the architecture of the stadium, it's nice. It is big, and it's, I remember the first time I went there in two thousand and eight for the League Cup final against Chelsea, and I, I walked in there. I was like, "This is incredible," but the novelty wears off, and 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 you've got what you've got. I think it'll change massively when we go to what Arlene, the new stadium. I just think I don't know, man. It's that, well, oh yeah, I hope, that, I really yeah, hope yeah, that will, but. Where where I sit, I sit in uh, block one three two, I think it is, and I can see on the right down the touchline, 
where Wembley Stadium is and uh, where the stands, uh, the, the main stand on your right, it kind of curls out. So you just, it's like you've got a, a section of running track there. And you're so far away from the pitch. And then when you, it's not like a steep bank, see, on the pitch. It's for the spectator and for the overall viewing. And it just goes back and long. So you, even the people that are mid to upper tier, they're so far away from the pitch. Mm. It's like you just, you just you just don't feel it, and, and uh, I hate it. I think we're doing well to to get the results we're getting. Yeah, yeah, Let, massively. Let's just get it over and done with, and fingers crossed next year we'll be in our new stadium. Uh, Alfie Jackson, 92, on Twitter, he says, the Premier League has expanded into a realm of the team-fighting championship. Which four members of the current squad do you choose to represent Spurs, and who would win that league? I think we'd be in a good shout. So you've got four, four? four fighting men. At Spurs to take on any other. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to. I've got to say Sissoko. When the arm has got to be in there. Yeah. I've got my four, but I'll let you know. <laughs> no, go on. Go on. Okay, uh, first one would be Serge Aurier. Low centre of gravity in a fucking <laughs> case. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Michelle, Michelle Vaughan. Goalkeepers are mad. And I reckon he can handle himself. Sissoko. No. Uh, but I'd have Wanyama. This is a fucking unit. And Dembele, because no one will get Dembele on the floor. So that's a mouthful. Yeah. Sissoko's a unit. Yeah, but... There's, there's one See, thing, he's like a fucking psychopath. He looks like... He'd... Nah. Mm. Nah, he seems a bit passive. I think, I, I I think th- Dembele would be somebody who'd never get on the floor, ever. I might even go for uh, Kane. Has anyone seen that video clip of Kane does a... Uh, the pads. The, uh, the, there's one of those uh, fun fair the, where you punch the yeah. uh, thing and it does the power. And he got fucking top marks on it. I think he even beat a boxer that was on this show that was there. To be fair, so Kane's think... got a technique. I think to let, to, Kane's probably got the techniques to probably win fights. Yeah. So he'd be a good shout. One punch, one punch Kane. Yeah, but one, yeah. Um, do you think uh, like a little kind of terrier? Like a trippier or yeah. a rose? Yeah, yeah. Kieran Terrier. Because if, if they're short... It'll tear your balls off. Because if, <laughs> if it's fighting, it's not like a boxer where you've got to stand up. You, you get down low and you take the legs and you just kind of gouge and shit. I'm sure there's rules to, to the fighting I, I, temperature. I, yeah, there, there's elements of our team that are tough. I, I, I can't see past, and this is going to make me sound bad, but Sanchez, Wanyama, Sissoko and maybe Dembele. Why does it sound bad? Because they're all, they're all, all on white. Yeah. <laughs> But just, no, no. But it's about like, the, some of the best fighters in the world, <laughs> the, the biggest fighters in the world, are all, all Afro Caribbean, aren't they? Afro Caribbean. No. Yeah, Wilder. <coughs> he's not Caribbean. But you Neither know, Joshua. All right, sorry, black then. Yeah. To, to Wilder, Joshua. You know, you're, it's natural. I I would probably go for like, I, you'd have to for me. I would. I try and pick someone that's. Um, like a Larice, where you know that they would go in there, yeah, they play dead. Mad dogs. No, someone would just tap his knee and he would just be laying on the floor. And then when everything's going in, then he'll sneak around and do those like slide digs. And Eric Dyer's got something about him. Yeah, 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 Dyer, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the blood of the bridge. I'll probably swap. I'll, I'll swap one arm around for Dyer. Dyer can have it. Yeah, I mean, I, when he's got skin on as well, he does it like a psychopath. Yeah, I'll swap out one arm for Dyer. Who's the hardest football you, uh, you've ever seen? I can't, it's the, it Graham, be, Graham Roberts was tough. It, it was, but there's people tough. like there's people like Billy Whitehurst and Mick Harford who I mean were going to pubs. For Spurs, for Spurs, oh, for Spurs. Yeah, but uh, Billy Billy Whitehurst. <laughs> so I'd never heard of him before, and uh, I did uh, I did some work with Neil Ruddock bizarrely, and he was listing his ten 
uh, hardest footballers of all time, and number think number two was Billy Whitehurst. I'd never heard of him before. I was like, fucking Billy Whitehurst. Why did like reson- that name resonated with me? I was like, I've got to find out more about him. I googled him. It's fucking it's like the guy's nuts. Like he's done some, like he getting he, he was bare knuckle fist fighting while he was at Hull City. Um, and I found his number, and I wanted to make a short documentary for my work about him. And, and somehow got his number for TalkSport actually someone worked here what was it TalkSport he did an interview on TalkSport about five years ago and uh, I had his number and I was like fuck I don't really want to ring this I don't want to ring this number just in case he picks up first off and then if he picks up and says yes then I've got to go through with it yeah. and I've got his number and ring him up and I was like fuck I'm ringing him ringing him ringing. he got his cameras on me because it was going to be a part of this show Yeah. and he goes hello and I was like hello Mr Whitehurst how you doing and he goes my name's Gary, because I didn't want to say Flab, because he's like, who the fuck? He goes, I'm, I work for X, Y, and Z, and um, do you want to, uh, uh, I'm interested in an interview. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then he started getting into it, we're talking about football, and he's talking about Pochettino and Spurs. I thought it was all good. We had arranged to go up to, he lives in Yorkshire, a place in Yorkshire, I won't say. And uh, and, yeah, and I was like, you, like, are we going to do this? And he goes, how, how much, what, what do you need? And I went, about four hours of your time. And he went, all right, well, just email me terms. We've got to pay him, obviously. Yeah. Uh, I sent him an email saying, we're going to give you X amount of money. And then it was like, on the morning, we were going to go up. And I was like, I rang him up and went, right, every night. But he goes, you know, I can't be bothered. But I was like, well, why? I just can't be fucked. Like, well, it's not worth my time. I'm like, mate. You know, a little part of me was like, all right, fine. It's, yeah. it's fine that you don't, I don't have to sit there and have a beer with you and you want to smash my skull in. That was the feeling I had of him. Yeah. And he was a very good forward-playing footballer for Newcastle, Hull. Yeah. But it's different from now where that was a genuine hard man. And exactly. now we've got people that you just, you'd assume that they would be, probably never were. That is true. I mean, footballers are noted to this different gravy. I think Birmingham in the early 80s had a really hardcore team. Birmingham and Portsmouth. As I said earlier, they just go to pubs and just fight people. I think um, Tony Cohen is having a beer and someone says, hey, are you that cunt who plays for plays for Burma? He says, yeah, I do play for Burma, but I'm not a cunt. So the next thing you know, the guy headbutts to Cohen in the face. Out of nowhere, Harford, Nick Harford powers in, wipes people out. And yeah. I think the landlord must have hit him over the head with a kosh. Oh, and Nick Harford just turns in and says, who the fuck did that? <laughs> and the guy's balls just like went into his fucking arse. Just, you know. Jesus Christ. Those stories are just amazing, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, last question. Hello, underscore Newman on Twitter. He says, which player is most likely to have a, uh, a shadow Twitter account to stick up for themselves? You had a story about... A meanest Twitter, Twitter banter. You, you said um, <coughs> someone did this. Uh, so Rob, Robbie Savage. <coughs> so this is someone who creates a fake profile online um, to defend their performances on the pitch. And Rob, Robbie Savage famously, when he was at Leicester... Would uh, go on football forums because there was no Twitter then, and um, and defend these performances against people that are being critical, and it just goes to show that they these guys are still they are human and affected by criticism. I know some geezer that does that. What do you mean? Uh, that creates aliases and writes positive things about him. What does he do? Uh, his name's Spooky. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you on the Spooky. <laughs> On Spooky's blog. Yeah. So he creates fake conversations in his right. comments. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he does. <laughs> I completely caught me off guard. What, what is Harry Osborne doing now? <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do, you ever, do you ever listen to Harry Osborne? He read, read, read any of his blogs? 
better off out of it. So which Spurs player would do that? There's only one player who probably really need to. Who? Soka. <laughs> yeah, because no one else is no one else really gets criticism, do they? Lamella, oh come on, man. Yeah, I think Lamella would be the most deserving of defending yeah. himself. I think uh, Sissoko probably wouldn't give a shit, but it yeah. wouldn't surprise me if like Lamella had uh, like a, an office in Shoreditch where he had like six people, like with like managing. computers just managing his uh, Twitter and all different profiles, Facebook profiles, just saying positive things about him because he just gets loads and loads of stick. Unnecessary, I think. Some of it's necessary. Do you know, some it some of it necessary. is. I don't think it's necessary either. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't think. I don't know. I'm not gonna. Open up that kind of worms, but I don't, I don't get it. I just wonder what what people actually get from being hypercritical of our own players when they're clearly trying their hardest. Is that, that's the one thing I don't get. That's, I think the someone who doesn't try, someone who's just can't, cannot give a shit. I get it. Like Hossam Gali, I understood the the vitriol that was aimed at him. I understood why people got wound up by him. But I don't understand why people get annoyed at Twi- um, uh, Lamella. Why I I understand why people get annoyed at Sissoko because he's just largely garbage, but he <laughs> can only do what he's asked to do. Like he's yeah. thrown on the pitch. Pochettino believes it. If they don't attack him, like have a go at the coach or I don't know. I just struggle with it all really. I can't remember the last time a player didn't give a shit in a Spurs shirt. Um, probably probably Pochettino's first season. What ball? Adebayo yeah. Adebayo yeah. yeah maybe Adebayo that whole cartel yeah um, what player would I like to have a shadow account um, I think someone like maybe Danny Rose actually because he actually he actually quit social media he never had it did he he did did he and he deleted the account so I reckon uh, maybe yeah, Danny Rose yeah, he's so he far above his t- in front of his time yeah Danny, Danny Rose. Uh, I'll pick yeah. him what's going on with his knee injuries there been any news well it's not apparently it's not a recurrence so he'll oh. be back soon I don't know about being back soon, but I think the club are at pain to say it wasn't a recurrence. All right. But, um... Well, he broke his knee, but it's not like the old knee, in, knee injury, so don't worry. No, I mean, it's... it's be a bit, four years. Well, it's like, um... It's like Harry Winks <laughs> is injured as well. But it's not... There's no recurrence of last season's ligament injury. Yeah. Some of the, some of the things that you read, read online, like, uh, Harry Winks hasn't got an injury. Uh, he's uh, fallen foul of uh, Potch's, um grudges something's happened between them yeah. I'm just like reading it thinking like oh this is like the, this is like the Danny Rose uh, like, like, the, the, grub, grudge yeah, that's been going yeah, on yeah, that yeah, keep, get, Rose keeps going this is getting ridiculous <laughs> there is no issue there's loads of stuff like that it amuses me alright anything else to add nope alright well uh, we'll be back at the end of the week for another podcast maybe looking at some of the transfers that have been going on which we'll be I mean, we plan to do, but it, like fuck all's been going on, really, isn't it? Let's yeah. talk about everyone else's transfers, isn't it? Yeah, maybe. Let's do that for now. Talk about Barkley and Coutinho. Brilliant. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Bit of a spoiler there. Sorry, guys. I love, I love the <laughs> fact that I love the fact that Liverpool fans are going through this a little bit because no matter how much they paint it up, they're genuinely painting it up. He was fucking quality for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought he was a great player. Yeah. But the funnier thing for me is that their players are in the press saying, oh, you know, Spurs players aren't being paid enough, they all want to leave. And then the jewel in their crown leaves them. Like, yes. Yeah. Karma. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck you, you mugs. All right, let's hit the Fighting Cop podcast. Thank you very much, Ewan. So. Once again, you can get your book at, uh, I want to say at. All Good Outlets. All Good Outlets. At all good Outlets. Amazon, Waterstones, WH Smith. We are. We are some. Sunday League. Thank you, T. Yeah. Uh, T, you got anything to sell? Um, no. We've got some lovely mugs from uh, Ricky's mum. 
Yeah. Yeah, pictures of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're not for sale. Uh, and Rick, how are you doing? Everything all right? No, not really. Okay, brilliant. See ya. Pipe, 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 pipe. Bluesy pod. Don't give a fuck. Bluesy pod. Don't give a fuck. Bluesy pod. Don't give a fuck. Bluesy pod. Podcast Network. Sports Social 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 Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.